Mike Vrabel is out in Tennessee. Yes, the Titans fire make Mike Vrabel. Our instant reaction to the news where he ranks among the top head coaching candidates in this cycle. And what's the best job that's open right now? We'll get into it right here on Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome into a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. He's Lauren Cox. I'm James Rapine, and we are thankful that you made us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, or in this case, your league every day on Locked On NFL Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's J A S E medical.com. And Lauren, the news that broke on Tuesday afternoon, early afternoon, is that the Titans are moving on from head coach Mike Vrabel. He's been there since 2018. I think he's held in pretty high regard as far as head coaches in the league go, and yet Titans ownership decides to go in another direction. I was surprised by the move, and yet I think those close to the team weren't necessarily surprised given the fact that Vrabel hadn't addressed the media for his end-of-season news conference yet. What was your reaction when you saw the news come down that Vrabel would not be back next season? Uh, to me, it feels a little reactionary. You know, it feels like one of those things it's easier to feel like the grass is greener on the other side and then you get to the other side and, and maybe the grass isn't greener. Like I thought we all entered this Tennessee Titans season, at least I think outside of Tennessee feeling like, yeah, they're kind of like halfway between a rebuild and uh and a keeping it rolling. And they're not, they don't really have a lot of like direction and identity. Like they're trying to do both at the same time. And it just felt like we all knew it was going to be a little messier this year in Tennessee. And yet we get to the end of the season, lo and behold, they're fourth in the AFC South and, like we're not, we don't seem like we're that surprised by the results, but then all of a sudden you fire the head coach as though like that was unacceptable or as, as though that was surprising, even though it kind of felt like where they were as a team, this was going to be the scheduled down year based on how they were constructing the roster. And now he's kind of punished for it. Like feels like there's maybe a little bit more here, not anything nefarious, but just more than just the results that we see in the win loss column. Yeah, I agree. I think that they constructed the front office a certain way and the front office went in a certain direction and Mike Vrabel is Mike Vrabel and not exactly who the front office handpicked, and that made it tough. What I'm surprised about, and they commented on this, that a, a trade would be too complicated, but when you have a head coach that is an asset, and I believe he is, if he wants a head coaching job, he will get one this cycle. I'm convinced of that. I don't think that that's, there's any denying it. We could talk about possible destinations coming up as, as, along with the state of the Titans, but I understand going into to a singular direction. I also wonder how are they going to upgrade from what Mike Vrabel is as a head coach and how he's thought of in the league. And it's it's really tough. I agree with you. The, the grass is greener. I don't know if it is. I think it's really challenging to find someone like it's Mike Vrabel. I, I, like I, I'm surprised they even think that now just because he's tough to deal with. Well, yeah, hell yeah, he got mad at you because you traded A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's a top five receiver in the league. Those don't grow on trees. And that has nothing to do with Traylon Burks. Uh, it, it, it has to do with, man, you have this aging quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. 
you don't know what the quarterback position is going to be moving forward. And you swap out AJ Brown with who exactly DeAndre Hopkins a, a year removed. Like that's, that's not fair. So you're right. Declining roster. The record doesn't look nearly as good as it did the first four years over the past two, but I think there's reasons for that. And it's not necessarily coaching. I think someone's going to get a steal with Mike Vrabel, not only being out in Tennessee, but the fact that they decided not to trade him and they just decided to fire him. Yeah, I wonder, is there like a respect aspect of that? Like, is it more respectful to Vrabel? Which certainly I think, you know, the organization should probably just do its best for the organization. But is it a respect thing to say, listen, like, we're not going to hold you hostage as a trade piece, but let you sort of be free and go chart your own path as opposed to like, they could have publicly announced Vrabel will not be back for the Titans next season. And therefore he's open for trade. Come give us your best trade offer. And we go through the next couple of weeks of Vrabel sitting there available, but still under contract for the Titans. So he can't do anything. And, and can, are the Titans allowed to interview Vrabel replacement candidates while you wait to trade him? Or are they hamstrung to find their next guy until they find the trade partner, but all the other teams that might trade for Vrabel, do they want to interview the other candidates too and see, okay, you know, Ben Johnson or all these other guys we'll talk about in a minute. And also to those teams, if, if you're going to trade for a new head coach, you would still have to fulfill the Rooney rule beforehand anyway. So they would have to interview minority candidates, but I think I would assume before you trade for a head coach. I mean, it's weird because you're not interviewing Vrabel if you're trading for him. I mean, I don't know, I don't know yeah. exactly how the trade situation works there, but it, it just feels like it would have been messy in a lot of ways. It would have been ideal to get something for him, but it feels like a little disrespectful to Vrabel and a little bit tough to replace him during that process. And it just seems I don't know easier to just kind of wipe your hands clean of it and say, Vrabel, we love you, but go on to greener pastures and we'll go in a different direction. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And I, I do, it is cleaner for sure. And it does Vrabel a solid because, because he can go anywhere. And, and I think there's a conversation there. I also think that this is, and it's felt that way since it's felt this way since the Titans were eliminated in, in 2021 in the divisional round after being the number one seed, but they're declining. And they, the, the iteration of the Titans that you remember, that I remember and think of, Ryan Tannehill, gone. I think Derrick Henry, gone. Mike Vrabel, gone. Like they are going to look a lot different. And so, which way do they go? I would guess that it's an offensive mind. You mentioned Ben Johnson. Like, I, I think they'll go offensive minded here with a young quarterback like Will Levis, or maybe they draft someone with the seventh overall pick uh, to play quarterback and develop him. But it is a risk and it is mighty, mighty interesting, especially because I have a, a feeling that uh, Lauren, that this coaching cycle, he's going to be near the top of our list as we discuss these candidates. So let's dive into that. Let's make it a uh, push the conversation forward. Is Mike Vrabel the best head coach available on the market right now? We will dive into that question and answer it coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Jay's Case. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the craziness of real life, but let's take a second and discuss real life because the FDA is saying that pharmacies are not only running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin, but right now we're in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I can't imagine not having the medications that my loved ones needed if there was a supply chain issue. And that's where a Jace case comes in because the Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that will treat a long list of illnesses, including respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff can happen to anyone and it's never been 
more important to be prepared than today. All you have to do is go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's J A S E medical.com. Offer code locked on for $20 off your order. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy the way it should be. They're the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America and the easiest way to play DFS because it's you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. So with the NFL playoffs here, maybe you think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for more than his prize picks projection passing yards wise, or Travis Kelsey is going to have more than the number of receiving yards that prize picks projects. You can combine those two and win up to 25 times your money. All you have to do is go to pricepicks.com slash locked on and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Again, pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Lauren, let's dive into Vrabel and where he ranks. I, I think when you look at it, winning record for his first four years in Tennessee obviously brings a certain culture, a uh, certain stature. I think his teams are, are mostly disciplined, all of the things you look for. I, I think back to but when he went into Foxborough with uh, Ryan Tannehill and, and they're able to, to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in the playoffs, that's when I was like, oh, this team when they're able to beat Lamar Jackson and the really exciting Baltimore Ravens offense, I was like, oh, okay. Like the Titans are a big reason why people say Lamar struggles in the playoffs, and that has to do with Mike Vrabel. I, I think as far as NFL coaches go, he is he's right up there, and I think he will cost less than Harbaugh. You won't have to give up any compensation like you probably will for Bill Belichick. You could really make the argument that he's the best candidate available. What would you say makes, other than cost, makes Mike Vrabel a better candidate than Jim Harbaugh? It seems to me that Harbaugh, when he was last in the NFL, was more successful and you know had greater, you know, went, went farther in the playoffs and, and was able to do more. I think with at times less talent in, in San Francisco at times, and then of course he's coming off of a, a championship season at, at Michigan. So certainly, like Harbaugh is more removed from the NFL, and I think I'd give you that. But I mean, as much as Vrabel is a good coach, and I agree with you on a lot of those fronts. We are talking about a guy who, who didn't make it super far in the playoffs, got to the conference championship in 2019 and then lost in the wildcard round as the as a as a uh, as an 11 5 team and then lost in the divisional round as a 12 5 team. Like it, it has felt like at times they haven't been able to like get over the top in some of those ways. And maybe that's a talent issue and that's part of the problem in Tennessee. But like Harbaugh and Belichick, as, a, as another example, like have been to the Super Bowl and to multiple championship games. I feel like certainly there's a lot to like about Vrabel. I'm not saying that he's a bad candidate, but compared to those two guys, other than him being like fresher and younger and more up to date in the NFL, like I, I don't know that there's a, a lot that's compelling me him past those guys, but he's probably number three right there for me. Gotcha. And, and I totally get that. And by the way, these are NFL teams. Costs shouldn't matter. It I shouldn't agree. because there's 32 jobs. So if you have to pay Harbaugh $30 million, okay. Who cares if he's the best candidate? So I agree with you, but that like from a value standpoint, some of these owners chargers that they, they, they look for the value, right? The Raiders. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where they'll go, but I, I think Vrabel is right there. Now 
to your point, if it's me and I'm just trying to win, well, I think Harbaugh is the best candidate. I think he's ahead of Belichick because he's clearly shown that he can still, that he can press the right buttons. Does his act wear thin? Maybe. But man, he's got a ring on his finger now in Michigan. And he got over that Ohio State hurdle. And he won with the 49ers with Colin Kaepernick and Michael Crabtree is his number one receiver. And man, if if Crabtree is able to to get a little bit higher uh, against uh, Richard Sherman, that, then that you know it's back to back Super Bowls there. So I, I think when you look at Harbaugh, probably the best candidate available. The compensation part of it is tough for me with Belichick. You know, is he is he the one? That, that wants to call the shots front office-wise? If so, then I think that downgrades him. As far as a coach, I still think he's an elite coach. But to me, and I think a lot of people have thought this, the moment Vrabel got fired, you think, all right, well, New England, here's your path. Here's your path out of Belichick. Here's your bridge into the next era. He's going to have his own culture. He's not going to shy away from changing things and being different than Bill. And you might be able to get something from Bill. There's reports out there that the Falcons are interested. Trade him to the Falcons, hire Vrabel, the guy who beat you in the playoffs a few years ago, more than a few years ago now, and and, and that might be the way to go. So I, I do think, to your point, if I'm hiring, let's say I'm the Bears, and, and, and they decide, the team you cover, I would much rather have Harbaugh. Let's say I'm I, – most of these teams, I, I would say, if you're going to have a young quarterback, you go with the offensive mind anyways. But I, I would go with Harbaugh. But I do think Vrabel – is right up there and is going to get multiple interviews. There's something to be said about Vrabel being the sort of like younger modern adaptation of, of Belichick in the sense of like a very obviously coming from the Belichick you know experience, but also like having that very firm culture and and strength as a leader in the organization. But like being the younger, I don't even want to say like hip cool version of it, but that kind of thing where it's like I, I, we've heard reporting from Jay Glazer and others this offseason that like. Bill Belichick is kind of in this era of coaching where like super hard nosed and tough on these players in a way that players just aren't responding to as well. And we've kind of seen a shift towards coaches that can meet the players a little bit more where they are. Like they don't need the coach to be the ultimate disciplinarian because they're hearing everything negative from social media and, and media and everywhere else around them all the time. They don't need the coach to also be, you know, the negative voice pulling them down, but to be the voice that kind of lifts them up and is there along with them along the way to, to, push them forward and help them grow. And it feels like Vrabel is a little bit more in that like player friendly mold than Belichick. I don't know that he's the most player friendly coach. He's not Mike McDonald or anything, but like, or Mike McDaniel, excuse me, but he is, he is like a little bit softer, a little bit more fun, a little bit more lighthearted at times, but knows how to be serious too. It just feels to me like that would be a really natural transition for new England to have that, to have that like, okay, he's got some of the military style of Belichick, but not so stern and hardcore all the time letting them up a little bit and making life easier for guys like i think that's a really nice culture transition for them would you for sure you mentioned mike mcdonald let's let's put the because i, to me he's, no, I know but but it's a perfect transition because i think he's let me make sure I, I, it feels like he's the best defensive coordinator in the league right now maybe i'm wrong maybe there's someone i'm forgetting but he is up there put it that way he's been a game changer for baltimore the past couple of years i've seen that firsthand on what he's been able to do to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Would you, how close is he to Vrabel? Obviously we talked about Belichick and, and Harbaugh, and those are the two top guys I would say, but 
is Mike McDonald there? Obviously, they're two defensive minds, and that's why I'm comparing these two guys. There's no head coaching experience for McDonald, but obviously what he's doing is working. Yeah, it's tricky because there's always the experience factor there where it's like, yes, Mike McDonald is great in Baltimore and has been for a couple of seasons now. And he was, you know, the, the Michigan defensive coordinator before that. Like he's been in, he has been in a couple of organizations, although it's mostly been Baltimore for most of his career. But like, it, it's one thing to do it in, in that city, in that team with those players for a couple of seasons at a very high level, but then to become a head coach and have to set all the different organizational you know, aspects of, of culture setting. And, you know, he's trying to kind of find his own way there. It's so much more of a wild card there, where I think like, if you're just asking who's, who's capable of coaching the better defense right now, it's absolutely Mike McDonald, I think. But like, if I want a guy who's a head coach, who's more than just a defensive coordinator, but a defensive coordinator and someone who leads my football team properly, I know Vrabel does that. Well, I've seen him do it. Well, I've seen him be a part of a lot of different organizations Mike McDonald, I've seen him lead a defense well and coach a defense well, but I haven't seen him, and it's not his fault, but I haven't seen him run meetings, run a locker room by himself, be be fully in charge of all sorts of like minute details that head coaches decide that really kind of end up shaping what your culture and your locker room and your team and your organization is all about. And like, sure, he might be good at that. He might be great at that. He might be the next great defensive coordinator transition to head coach. But we've also seen plenty of those great defensive coordinators not quite pan out the same way as a head coach, not because they're not good defensive coaches, but just because the job description of a head coach is a lot more than just defensive coordinator. And Vrabel, to me, checks so many more of those head coach boxes, even if he maybe doesn't cut, doesn't check as many defensive coordinator boxes. I agree with you, and I'm going to make a statement that could be really controversial, and maybe it'll get cold-taked in a few years if Ben Johnson becomes a Hall of Fame coach. I would hire Mike Vrabel in Los Angeles to coach Josh, Justin Herbert ahead of Ben Johnson. And everyone's talking about Ben Johnson and offensive minds and all that. I, I think Vrabel will bring the right culture and will be able to do all of those things that come with being a head coach. He's never had a Justin Herbert. He's never had, heck, uh, the, the weapons that they have there, and I'm sure they'll add to it. But I, I do think that they have some quality players, the culture lacking, and it, it just it seems like it's the same old Chargers year in and year out. I think Vrabel is the guy that might be able to get him out of that is that crazy? Is that not crazy? Because I think everyone expects the Chargers to hire an offensive mind. The one thing that scares me about Vrabel to the Chargers and really the Vrabel, Vrabel to anywhere, the big thing that scares me is, does he bring Arthur Smith back as his offensive coordinator? And I'm just so, I'm so poisoned by <laughs> what he didn't do with Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson and Drake Lennon. Like, I don't want Arthur Smith near Justin Herbert right now. I'm scared of that, but I like the idea of Rabel being the right culture fit, but maybe with just a different offensive coordinator. Yes, I totally get that. And that's, that's fair. And that's one of the things he's going to have to answer. There's no doubt about it. And what he would probably argue is, Hey, look how good we were when who number one seed. And who knows, maybe he'll bring Derrick Henry with him if he does go to Los Angeles, Derrick Henry, a free agent to be. Up next, let's discuss more of these coaching candidates and where these jobs rank, because there's multiple openings now. Are the Chargers the number one job opening currently in the NFL? We'll discuss that coming up next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you've finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Maybe you've 
added to your strengths and you want to continue that. And that's what therapy can do is it allows you to ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that can really stick this new year that are sustainable throughout 2024 and beyond. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. Then you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've made. And you can visit BetterHelp today at betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. James Rapine, Lauren Cox, this is a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Your team every day here on Locked On NFL. And whew, a lot of openings. I think that this candidate pool, by the way, is as deep as I've seen. I mean, there are a lot of quality coaching candidates. And so these, these teams, they should be able to get and make quality hires. And uh, even a, a team like Carolina, who to me, it's clearly the worst job. Let's start for with the worst. Do you disagree or do you think it's the worst job? You're already nodding. I think it's easily the worst. Yeah, I mean, in, I mean, there's so many different layers to that, right? I mean, yes, you got Bryce yeah. Young. I, I guess that's 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 something. But having traded away all your future, all your draft, but like many of your important future draft picks. Thank you, Carolina. And then also having the meddlesome of most meddlesome owners. Like it's it's one of the worst ownership situations to get into before you even talk about assets and roster construction and everything else. Like that's it's a tough spot. It is. It is a tough spot. Do you agree with the consensus? And I think most people think the Chargers are the top job available. Do you agree with that because of the Herbert factor? Herbert does make them the top job for sure. But I do think I think there's a good argument for Washington as well when you have a new like, first of all, you got the second overall pick in the draft. So you might not get whoever your number one choice is, but you're guaranteed to get at least your number two choice at quarterback. You're guaranteed one of Caleb Williams or Drake may or Jaden Dales or pick, pick your quarterback. Like you're guaranteed all, but one of the top quarterbacks in this draft, or unless, I mean, if you really believe in Sam Howell and then he's already there for you, but presumably you've got a chance to add a, a great quarterback there. You've got some young weapons at receiver and in the backfield, you got a lot of pieces to like on the defense. And I think an underrated aspect of the commanders as a job, which again, I think, I think Justin Herbert, puts them over the top as having the proven thing at quarterback, as opposed to like your pick of the rookie quarterbacks. You got to take the short thing, but with Washington having a new owner and a new ownership group, like we saw this in the NBA with the Phoenix suns, when you get a new owner, they oftentimes, you know, they want to make a name for themselves. They want to make a splash. They're willing to spend a lot of money and do the big flashy things to get the fan base excited, to sell more tickets, to do all the different things to kind of make it known that, I'm the new owner in charge of this team. You know, the Suns traded for Kevin Durant, did a bunch of big moves for them. And I wonder if Washington has something that in them too, where if I'm the coach that goes to Washington, I've got a, I've got an ownership group that obviously you're limited by the salary cap, but like otherwise open checkbook, blank check, pocketbook, ready to roll to spend on free agents, to spend on maybe facilities upgrades around you know, things that aren't controlled by the salary cap facilities and stadium stuff. Like there's a lot of chance for like a lot of investment in that franchise. And as a head coach to me, it feels like a little bit more of a sandbox that I can work with and shape in my way, as opposed to, 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 to the chargers where obviously Herbert is the bigger, better asset that I would prefer to have, but there's a lot more like the Chargers are going in a certain direction. You've got Herbert. You got to work with what they've got there. So you've got to fit into what they're doing a little more, as opposed to Washington can be a little bit more of like this is my control and my team that I'm shaping. 
I get you. I I think I th I think Washington is attractive and it could be very unique if you can resurrect them and and be competitive in a division that I I think is sort of there. It's sort of there if you want it to be. There's no doubt even though there's uh a couple top teams there. I don't I don't know how the Eagles are going to be how we're going to feel about the Cowboys aging over the next few years. And and one thing we don't talk about, the Cowboys yeah. could still be a job that becomes available. Like Jerry Jones has said that uh, Mike McCarthy is kind of game to game. If they blow it in the playoffs, Cowboys become available. And that might be the number one job in the NFL right now. Like, you never yeah, I, I, I think, but you know, I said this on a pod one or two times ago. I think Bill Belichick is a dark horse there. Mm -hmm. If, if, if they completely collapse this weekend, just collapse, you got to do something. The clock is ticking. And Bill Belichick is available. So I think that one's interesting. But to me, New England is arguably the best job available if it becomes open or if it comes open. You have the third pick. You're going to be able to get a quarterback. You have a ton of cap space. As weird as Robert Kraft is and off the field aside, I think it's a stable ownership group compared to some of these franchises. They're certainly willing to invest. and. It, it the, you you have the the shadow of Belichick, but in his legacy isn't tainted by any stretch of the imagination. It will age very well as it should. Six titles, but people right now remember the past few years. So it's not like you have to go twelve and five next year. I think you'll have a little time to to establish a culture and kind of reestablish things with a new quarterback in the first round and the weapons because you have cap space. I I really do. I think that the Patriots job is going to be really attractive, assuming it comes open. Who knows? By the time people hear this, maybe the Belichick news breaks that he's staying. By the way, I wouldn't blame him for staying if he can stay there because I, I do think it, it it's an attractive job. At the same time, I do wonder if they just need a, a change and he could go elsewhere, continue to coach at a high level, and th they could bring in a new face like, uh, I don't know, Mike Vrabel or someone like that. Do you think we're overlooking Atlanta at all when you have – built-in weapons and I mean, obviously a quarterback away and, you know, you're picking eighth, I eighth. think yeah, eighth, eighth is where that spot is. So like not a ideal path to a, a top rookie quarterback, but probably still one, you know, Bo Nix or maybe Jaden Daniels or one of the kind of still good quarterbacks could still be there, but you've got built-in running back wide receiver tight end and some pieces to lag on that defense. Like it's not, it's not, I don't think either one of us here to say it's in the same level as, you know, chargers and maybe Patriots, but like, it seems like a pretty good spot to be in. Like if I'm a, if I'm a head coach candidate, I look at the, that team and go, wow, it's, I just need to get there, fix a couple little things and we could take off here pretty quickly in a really bad, I don't know, really bad division might be too strong, but a not good division. Oh, it's really bad. It's, it's been really bad for two years. I totally agree with you. I think, I think that's fair to say eighth pick. Can you get to wherever to get Jaden Daniels? I think he would be electric in that dome. And there's something about it. I, I, I got to be honest, athletic quarterbacks in that dome, that's what I would want to see because you have Drake London and Kyle Pitts in these big targets. I was in on them going after Lamar last year with two firsts. I just thought it made sense. I, I think Jaden Daniels is electric. Unfortunately for them, I think he ends up going second overall. Maybe that's a take. I, I think he's going to... Uh, continue to rise and impress. And who knows? Maybe not. Maybe he's the third quarterback off the board. But I, I think that's his floor. So he probably doesn't make it to eight. 
But yeah, I think Atlanta is a, an attractive job. You mentioned the defense, Jesse Bates, all pro year this year. They've uh, bolstered that defensive line. They have some uh, good pieces in the secondary alongside Bates. I, I think there's a lot to like. This is certainly not a Carolina situation or some of these teams. I don't, I don't even think it's a Raiders situation. I think there's talent there, and, and, and you could realistically win the division next year if you push the right buttons and obviously find the right quarterback. It does feel like there's kind of these just couple tiers. There's like a handful of really good jobs, and then it's like uh, Raiders, Panthers, and and honestly, I don't I don't love the Titans as an opening just because they're kind of in this transition half. I mean, you're moving on from Tannehill and moving on from Derrick Henry, but like there tends to be like a, a you know you got the talent and you get rid of the guys. There's like a big gap that first year of like the first year after you get rid of the quarterback and the running back and the the older players where it's like there's going to be still some more tearing down before Tennessee starts building back up and. That doesn't feel as attractive for me as a coach coming in there, but not as bad as the Panthers. But like, there's clearly like the, the good jobs and the less good jobs. And I think the, the Titans, Raiders, and Panthers are kind of in the less good jobs category. And then teams like the Falcons and the Chargers and the Commanders and maybe the Patriots and maybe the Cowboys and maybe even the Chicago Bears can still be in that like good, better opportunity than the, the have nots at the bottom. Yeah. Speaking of candidates, as we're recording this, Jeremy Fowler reporting. At the Chargers are interviewing offensive coordinator Kellen Moore for their head coaching job. Talk about an underwhelming hire. That would be underwhelming for the Chargers and in their fan base. Not saying it couldn't work. I don't know. But given how the offense performed. <laughs> how do you take that guy that you didn't I make know. from head coach and then interview him to be head coach? Why did you not use, I don't remember what week they fired Brandon Staley, but why did you not use those five, six weeks, whatever it was, to see what Kellen Moore would be like at the job instead of getting to the end and going, hey, you want to interview for this job that you we didn't let you try out for the rest? I mean, that to me is it feels like a pity in a pity interview. It's like, all right, we we kind of did you dirty. Why don't you get an interview? So you can say he interviewed for head coaching jobs in this cycle as well. But he he's a guy, Chicago Bears offensive coordinator, if that position opens. So he's a guy I'd definitely take a look at. What he could do is hire Brandon Staley to be the DC, and then time could be a flat circle in the Chargers land. And just kidding, Chargers fans. That would uh, break your heart. It would uh, not be good uh, for the Chargers or Justin Herbert. But that is going to do it for us. The NFL coaching carousel is just beginning to turn here, and we will have you covered every single day, five times a week on Locked On NFL on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. For Lauren Cox, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening and watching a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL.